And now, welcome to Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Um, and I'm going to be having someone on the, on the call today that's going to be talking about how to actually make money with your knowledge. So if you are a coach, author, speaker, or you want to be a coach, author, speaker, or if you just think you're a know-it-all and you want to make money from that, then listen up. This is now the time to raise the volume and listen to The Win with Heather Havenwood. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Roco, all the different places across the web, and of course, other places as well. Make sure you check us out at The Win with Heather Havenwood, and of course, also on iTunes. Woo-hoo. All right, so I'm going to introduce our first guest today. Cindy Nicholson is a former teacher and corporate trainer who helps entrepreneurs design and develop online courses that get real results. She calls herself the Course Whisperer for her keen ability to turn the incredible knowledge of her clients into effective and engaging learning material. After years of creating training programs in the corporate world, Cindy helps wants to help entrepreneurs level up their own online courses so that they create loyal, raving fans and make money, Cindy, right? You're missing that out of the bio. I mean, that's the most important part. I think online courses are great because they can leverage people's time, right? So it's a leverageability scale. I've been in the information marketing business since 2001, and I've actually had to put together for a friend of mine. He's like, how many millions of dollars have you sold information marketing? And I had to like really think about it. And I think it's in the double digits of 30 million plus in online marketing or information marketing sales, right? So it's a very unique niche in the world of online courses or just course creation where you're taking your knowledge and extracting it. So tell us a little more like what you did in the corporate world and how long were you there? I started out as a high school teacher, but loved what I was I loved teaching, but didn't love what I was teaching. So I got interested in the financial industry and and completely changed careers and moved to become a financial advisor. And then I enjoyed it, but I missed the teaching. And if somebody had mentioned, well, you've got a background in teaching. Why don't you explore corporate training? And I don't know if I even understood what the concept was back then. And coincidentally, that same day, I went back to my office and there was a posting to train financial advisors on uh, new financial advisors to the bank. I work in one of the big banks in Canada. And um, 
it was perfect for me because I had the opportunity of getting back in the teaching world, but teaching really relevant application type knowledge to my learners. Adult learners are the best learners from that perspective. They all often really want to learn the material that you want. So I had a program, an online an online and face-to-face -face program where new hires to the bank, we took them through a 90-day training period, and I was responsible for designing, developing, and delivering that program over the, over, I was there for about nine years. That's interesting. So nine years. So mainly in the financial space where you're teaching the onboarding or recruiting aspect, like they've already been, they've already been recruited. They said yes to the job, right? And then you're kind of onboarding them. Is that where you got started? Yeah, it, it's uh, once they've been hired by their manager, then, you know, we have a sales process that we take our, our our advisors through in terms of the interaction with their clients. So it's kind of introducing them to that sales process and giving them a chance to practice and become proficient in it so that they can go back to the branches and deliver. Okay, that so here's something so. really interesting to me, right? So are you a salesperson? Well, I was a salesperson because I was a financial advisor before yeah. I moved into the role. So I have that sales right. background um, combined with my yeah, teaching Yeah, so what's background. really interesting to me in my experience is that great salespeople are not great teachers and great teachers are not great salespeople. Now, there's always like a, a fine line and some people are unicorns, but you, a teaching, a, a good teacher really can explain something in a process and get it over in their head. And I talk about this all the time with my clients because I'm like, look, if you're a teacher and can explain things, then you're a teacher. Like there's a particular way and there's a huge advocacy of that. If you're a salespeople, majority of people I know that are really good pitch people. I'm talking like pitch people, like true salespeople. They suck at teaching. They do. So, I mean, I'm one of them, right. by the way, do not put me in teaching environment. I'm a horrible waiter. I have no patience. I will sell you. And then like, I pass them on. Right. So I'm, it's interesting to me that when you got started, you were teaching a sales process. What was that like? And then did you, were you connected at all to the results of the, of the, um, the advisor? In terms yeah. of my yeah, performance, performance or what not yeah 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 so it's funny the the traditional salespeople are often you know pushing the product and selling the product and and the sales process that we you know advocate or what when I used to be in the branch or the bank was that was really kind of getting under getting to know the client and understanding their needs and asking them great questions and drawing that, that information and then the advice or the recommendation would be based on those right that information so that's kind of how we um, would teach our salespeople because they would come in with the okay well I need to know the the details of the product, the features and benefits of the product. And so how can I sell them? But we would kind of take them around the different approach. We're getting to know the client, understanding what their goals are, et cetera, et cetera. And then providing them a solution based on mm -hmm. who they are. So we would get the traditional salespeople and kind of give, teach them a different approach to, um, you know, offering solutions oh, great. to no, clients. I love that. So, okay, great. So where did, did, so you're in that environment Then how did you move to where you're at now, which is the course whisperer? 
So I decided to stay home for a few years with my kids and uh, got out of the corporate world, got out of the this slugging downtown in the, you know, the middle of winter kind of thing. And I really loved being at home, but I also missed work. So while I was at home, I got really interested in nutrition, actually. And I went back to school to study nutrition and I uh, thought I was going to uh, build a business online with nutrition. And while I was kind of learning about building my business, I was taking some online courses and I, you know, being a teacher, like I just look at, I look at online courses and critique them and like, oh, this is missing and this is missing and oh, I wish it had this. And I just struggled with courses that I would take. And then the people that I was taking the courses with, you know, we'd have these mastermind groups on the side and I found I was often helping them with how to structure some of their offers that they had. And I kept doing it over and over again. And I found that that's what I really enjoyed was helping people figure out how to kind of take what they have in their brain and put it into a message that makes sense for their clients from a learning perspective. And, you know, you always hear about, you know, pay attention to what turns you on like that what lights you up right and I remember getting off the phone call with one of uh, you know the colleagues in one of my groups and I'm like god that was fun when I was helping her with her design of her course that she was creating I'm like wow I a enjoy it b I actually have a skill set here I kind of didn't realize that you know some people may be great at what they know but may not be able to translate that as easily for their clients so that was kind of the spark that went made me think hmm, maybe there's something yeah, I so, can work with so here. I've been in the speaking world for almost almost 20 years I think at this point and I, I always tell people when they come to me they want to be a speaker author coach or whatever they want there's this distinction between coach speaker pitch man and then trainer which I'm gonna put teacher in that too okay and trainers and teachers are very distinct. So when I was traveling the country and we were the pitch people, like we were the pitch people, our job was to you know pitch people into the three-day event for three grand. And, half, and honestly, most of us who had uh, for years, not all of us, but most of us had never even been to the course, right? Right. We're just salespeople. Like we're, our job is to, we know the results of the clients. We know what they're going to get out of it. But like, we never even been through the course, maybe sometimes we have. So I think it's a really interesting distinction you're talking about, because again, this kind of goes to what I'm talking about. Salespeople, like true salespeople are not, and I'm telling you this because I want them to hire you. They are not good at what you do. Okay. Salespeople suck at training and they suck at teaching. I mean, I'm a salesperson. Now I can tell people what to do, but training them is like chalk on a, you know, it's just nails on a chalkboard for me. Right. It's like the opposite of what I want to do. Yeah. So in the perfect world, when I worked in the similar business, we'd have someone like myself, who was the pitch person. And then we'd have someone like you on the back end who liked, you know, was the teacher that everyone loved and adored. And like, you're awesome and patient and sweet, you know, like, cause you are, I can totally tell you're awesome. So I want to describe this to people. If they're listening and they're a speaker, author, a coach, or they're an expert, why would I need someone like hers? Because one, if you know the knowledge, you need to have someone outside of you to help you get it. Number one, number two, if you're really good at sales or coaching, you're probably not good at course creation. It's a totally different kind of, um, you know, mindset and, um, skill set. Would you agree with that or no? 
Yeah, hundred percent. And it, it's interesting when I was doing the validation of whether or not this kind of business model made sense. A lot of people, when I was interviewing people and I tell them what they do, what I did, they'd be like, Oh, I know a number of people who would benefit from your services, but they don't, these people don't know it. And so if I would ask people about helping with their content, they'd be like, well, I already know the content. So that's kind yeah. of one of the, the things is for people to realize they need somebody to help them figure out how to break down. It's really called the curse of knowledge that you just know everything so well, you don't necessarily know how to break it down into manageable pieces so that somebody who's new. Okay. So let's go down that. this road. Do you have a process that you go take someone down and with that process, do you, the, you know, the person who's helping them with this, do you have to know anything about their niche? Yeah, so absolutely, we have a, I have a process that I take my clients through in terms of getting them to that course creation or the cre- course created. And it really, number one, it starts with validating yeah. that course idea. So you've got an idea you know, does it make sense if you create this course, will people buy it? And a lot of really good stuff comes out of that validation because you want to talk to your audience and find out what their pain points, what they're struggling with, what they need your help with. And then from there, you really identify what the course outcome is. You know, rather than a course topic, you want a course outcome. So what is the result they're going to get by taking your course Mm -hmm. and being very specific on on it is really helpful from a learning perspective, but also helpful from a sales perspective. Um, And then once you get there, then you can develop the course outline, then the the content can be created and et cetera, et cetera. So that's, there's a real clear process that I go through and it really spends time at the beginning, understanding the course outcome, who the course is designed for. The audience, you want to be really specific and clear on who the audience is that's Mm -hmm. going to be taking your course. That way the course can be designed, you know, uh, tailored for them so that all of the learning is going to resonate with your particular learners. Okay, so quick question. Do you have, like, when I help clients create books and write books, there's kind of one, there's a process I take them through. Number two, I tell them, like, what I call a structure, how it needs to be at the end you know, how long it needs to be or length and all that. Do you have a suggestion on that? How long it needs to be? Cause there's all over the place on courses. It could be an hour, it could be 16 hours, you know, does it be video? What, you know, yeah. is there something that you suggest now where we're at today? Yeah, well, it depends on what the content is. It depends what the outcome is of what, how long the course will be. But I would say that no more than you'd have, because I break my courses down into modules, kind of like stepping stones that like, you know, chapters, yeah, yeah, chapters I would yeah. I suppose in a book. And then within the modules there'd be these individual lessons that allow them to achieve that outcome of that particular module. And I would say no more than five modules with five lessons within it. And the lessons are short, like no more than five to 10 minute lesson within each of those modules. So that, that would be the biggest mm-hmm. I would recommend. If it's going to be bigger than that, then you probably haven't honed down on the pain point enough, what the outcome is. Cause then I would usually recommend separating it. If it gets so I think it's really interesting. You said five. So in the world of marketing and yeah. sales, we don't like that number. <laughs> so <laughs> why five? Well, usually the introduction, the the introduction, and the development in the in the in the first module, and kind of the putting it all together in the yeah. last module, and then three in the middle in terms of the, the content okay. and the meat okay. of the, the okay. course is really 
And the ones that I put together, I, they've all worked oh, out to be five modules. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And again, all these yeah, yeah. Depends, So in marketing, but... right, it's like you know, three reasons on why or seven top reasons on why or 10 things you need to know about, right? So three, seven, 10 is kind of the, you know, you see that all over on articles and stuff like that. So five just seems kind of like weird. <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong. You're the expert. <laughs> I just was like, oh, that just really surprised me. So in books, it's usually 10 to 12 <laughs> chapters. That's kind of like the little sweet spot, right? Yeah. A little more than that. Mm, a little less than that. Is it really a book? You know, so you, that 10 to 12 little sweet spot, you know, 120 pages, 160 pages. That's a little, what I call sweet spot where it becomes like a nice book, you know, readable, not become yeah. a Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. It's the exact same with five, you know, six, seven, eight, like you're getting too big of a course, less than that. You're maybe not giving them enough content to get the results. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Right. But I mean, it's just, it's an our experience. I always find that that's kind of like the sweet spot too. And what I've been taught. So I'm, that's really interesting. Five, never would have guessed that at all. I love that. You taught me something. Thank you so much. So make sure you guys are listening because this is great. So again, if you're, if you're lost for a second, I want you to understand what she's talking about. It's taking your knowledge in something. Okay. If you've ever heard of Udemy, if you go on LinkedIn, they have a whole, whole array of basically online courses now, right? It's all about taking your knowledge from something and extracting in such a way that actually it can be taught by somebody else, right? Where it could be leveraging your time versus doing one-on-one. That's what course creation is about. It's a leverage. It's a leverageable tool basically, right? Taking your knowledge mm-hmm. and using it in such a way it was cross across platforms. Now let's talk about platforms. I'm just curious. Do you have a specific thing that you find that is best consumable? And what I mean by that is when we're in the seminar business, we would always look at, we would look at, we had metrics, we had metrics on how can we get the people to consume more of the data and the information? Because we knew that if we can get them to consume more of the information, the the chances of them being more successful with our information was higher, right? That kind of makes sense. But we had like metrics. We literally had metrics. And this was in a live seminar format so we could control the environment way more. What, what do you have do you have any of those metrics or does, does the industry have those metrics now? I'm not I'm not no. I not sure of any specific metrics. However, you know, you may have heard, you know, different people have different learning styles and prefer to learn in different ways. Video tends to be the most popular, but then providing the audio and the script is good backup for those people that prefer that learning style. And then, you know, not only just the video, then having some sort of activity, worksheets, application exercise that they have after the video so they can start to learn and apply it. Because just because they see it on video doesn't mean they've internalized it, nor are they able to change any behavior right. because of it. So it's kind of having having kind of multiple sources for people to learn from is really the idea. And do you actually help, Cindy, do you help them create those worksheets and and exercise sheets, whenever, whenever I hear stuff like that, I go right back to like second grade, you know, <laughs> you know, like the work. I mean, I go through courses all the time, but I get those, the, you know, the worksheets and the things you fill out. And every time I do them, I learn more, but I always think about like in second grade for some reason. Um, do you help them create those? Do you help the content creator help create that? 
Yeah, exactly. So when we, you know, there's a couple of different ways I work with my clients, but one of the things we do at the outset is create kind of the course outline. And within the course outline, what are the lessons going to be? And what is the outcome of that particular lesson? And the outcome should have some sort of activity. So whether it's a worksheet or or an exercise or something, there will be something for each lesson so that your learners can kind of start to begin to get like these small wins that they feel like they're learning something so that they'll continue on with the course. And uh, so if it's a worksheet, I, I don't really recommend workbooks. Like I don't recommend like a 16 yeah. page workbook. Clients yeah. aren't going to print it off. They're not, not. going to do anything with it. I recommend one to two pages. That's it maximum. And, but yeah, I definitely help them put, I either do it for them or, or, or I give them advice on how to, on put how it to yeah, it, yeah sure. it's like putting it all together so that people can go, Oh, I, I'm learning this. I'm digesting this. I feel good. Something I've learned in the information business, seminar business years ago, and our structure was very different. It was like $3,000 for three day event. If the teacher or the trainer gave too much, like they just over delivered, you know, cause they're over there in their head. Probably I've got to give more and more and more and more. Cause they spend so much money whenever they, over delivered basically people left confused and overwhelmed and actually unsatisfied when the trainer would just deliver the content as kind of more it's designed which in their view usually was like not enough you know the people left satisfied happy content and satisfied with their decision you know which is so counterintuitive and since our model was, and this is where my question is, uh, our model was to sell them more information, not just to have that at the end, right? Like the next course, you know, one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three, one-on-four. If, if we over-delivered, then they wouldn't buy. If we gave them enough to feel not full, but like I'm not hungry, but like I know I'll be hungry soon kind of thing, they would buy. Do you find the same thing online as well or? Uh, You've nailed it on the, like you've nailed it perfectly, Heather, in terms of the, this, the biggest mistake I see people make with online courses is they provide way too much content and it leaves them overwhelmed, discouraged, and they, they, they check out. And, and it's, as you say, it's counterintuitive, right? From a marketing perspective, you hear about over-deliver and provide and provide and provide, but with creating courses, less is actually more. Because what people don't, when, if people are taking a course, they're not wanting content, they're wanting the results. And if you can get them the results in the shortest period of time possible, that's what you're selling, as opposed to the reams and reams of information mm-hmm. you can dump on them. And uh, from a learning perspective, as an adult learner, like we are very sensitive to stuff that doesn't apply to us or stuff that we don't need to know. So we can tune that out really quickly. And if you give them content in your course that doesn't apply, that they don't need to know, is not urgent for them, they're tuning out. And then you've just lost your student. So um, that is probably, in all the courses that I've taken, that's probably the single biggest mistake that people make. So that is exactly it, Heather. It's interesting. So you talk about results. Um, You know, when you're in a three-day event, they're just learning the information because they haven't gotten the results yet, right? They haven't gone out in the world and applied. So what we always, 
noticed is that we weren't really sell selling results. We were selling competence to get the results, right? Like we're going to give you this information to give you the confidence to be able to get that result, right? Yeah. So whenever I, and yeah. I just had this conversation with a client, if he's listening, he'll understand who it is. We went, I literally did a kind of a, a thing for like almost a swear half an hour. It felt like longer. He was about to kill me, but I was like, what do you sell? And he was just everywhere on the planet. And finally he's like, I don't know. Just tell me the answer. Right. And I was like, you're selling confidence. And he's like, well, maybe I'm like, you are when you're ever, you're dealing with any kind of information market, including university. Let's just talk university for a second. Harvard, you know, a local, whatever universities are selling confidence, right? So they're, they're, this is their confidence pitch. If you go to the local community college, you may or may not get a great job afterwards. The confidence is lower. Go to Harvard, the con your confidence is extremely high to get a high paying job, right? That's, it's a confidence level. They think it's an education level. It's not. I promise you, they take both people and students. I know a lot of people that went to community college are probably smarter than because of this different kind of communication, right? So the point is, is that it's a confident conversation. Go to this school and have the confidence to be able to apply to the top law firm in the world or whatever, right? You go here, you're not going to probably have the confidence to go apply to CNN or something like that, right? It's the confidence conversation. Would you agree with that? In terms of online courses or universities, just universities and sometimes stuff? online courses. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that, you know, in terms of the marketing materials and selling the online course, you want to sell them the confidence that they'll be able to have yeah. a particular result because, because it's not the learning that they want. It's that outcome, which is often confidence because by searching online for a course on such and such, it's because they are not confident in what it is they do yeah. right now. So they want to boost that confidence and that comes with learn. And you know, a lot of my courses that I designed for my clients has a mindset component to it because a lot of it isn't the skill it's actually getting your head around being able to do whatever oh, it so is true. that you have to do so it it gives the confidence from that perspective but it also gives them some technical skills and abilities to be able to perform what yeah absolutely so I'm gonna go with my example for just like with the universities the confidence so I remember seeing these stats and the stats are basically you know what's the per if my kid goes to this school What's the percentage of the other alumni getting jobs, you know? And like higher the number, it's almost like, okay, we're going to that school because there's a higher percentage or higher confidence that their kid's going to get a job, right? Yeah. But there's really no guarantee, but they see this number of the 80% of the college graduates from whatever, you know, University of South Carolina get, get a degree, get a job over 80,000. They're like, we're going there, you know? So it's kind of this weird confidence. I think there's some correlation to that with online marketing. And the reason I say that is because, you know, we went to school since we were, you know, probably six years old. And then we go all the way through college. That's at least sometimes 15, 16, 17, 18 years of our life, you know? And so we're trained to do the same kind of behavior online, no matter what. Right. So I think there's some correlation to that. That's really cool. So where do you see the future of courses happening. Some people say well, it's dead or 
I've heard some things, you know, on, on some groups that it's dead. What do you, what do you see as the future? I think the bad online courses are dead. <laughs> I think that there is enough people who've been burned from taking courses that haven't been well designed and aren't effective that they're like, I'm not taking another online course again because the course was didn't deliver what these, you know, the promises of when they purchased it were. So I think that because the bar to create online courses is really low now, like anybody and their brother can, yeah. can create a course. I think what what is going to happen is there's going to be a separation of, you know, the bad quality courses and then the good quality courses, you know, yeah. standing true or holding firm. So I think bad quality courses are dead. I don't think you can get away with just, you know, throwing up a video and, you know, a couple of quizzes or what have you. I think good quality courses are going to survive. And then I also think we're going to be going into more of a just in time learning, you know, just in time courses. So rather than taking a massive course on how to build a business, I think the courses are going to be more specific to particular outcomes because, you know, I made this mistake when I first started out, I would take these big massive courses, but only a couple of the modules yeah. applied to me. So I kind of came to, you know what, I don't need all of this other stuff. I'm going to look for a course on this because that's what I'm struggling with right now. So I think there'll, there'll be a lot more just in time learning. So if we can really hone down on what the pain point is of the client, that will be what will sell for clients, not these big, massive, you know, you know, all save the world kind of courses. It'll be more specific and solving. Yeah, I agree with points. that. I think things are moving so fast with online marketing and uh, different media buying Facebook, Facebook ads, meets uh, chat bots, Instagram, I mean, I've been online since 01. I actually have a master's degree in online marketing, believe it or not. And it's by the time I finished the, the master's degree, um, it was already out of date. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why did yeah. I pay for this? Um, but I did. I could have I taught it. Some of the professors, quote unquote professors, they weren't even professors because we were the first we were the first class to go through in the country in 2010 and first master's degree wow. um, in the country. So no one knew, we, no one knew what they were doing. Um, I did cause I'd already run a business online from zero to million dollars in 05, uh, and started online in 01. So I, I actually know what I was doing. So people were like, why don't you teach the class? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, cause I'm paying you. Like you should be teaching me. Um, the point yeah. is, is that it already was done, you know, like it was already old. Right. And just to give you some fun, fun facts that I find, think you'd find fun in the teaching world you're in. So 1999, true story. I'm at University of Texas at Arlington, which is a subsidiary University of Texas. And I was in a marketing class. It was big, big, boring about big brands like Coca-Cola. And our marketing professor tapped like 10 of us like privately and said, Hey, I got approved a course. It's with three credits. It's called an internet marketing course. This is nice. They go, would you like to take it? Of course, we're all kids. And we're like, do we get credit? You know? And so <laughs> she's like, yeah. So our day one, she's like, okay, there's no textbooks. No one knows what anyone's doing. We're all just going to figure out how to build a business online by the end of the semester. Like that was right. That's amazing. So I have the original business plan, basically business plan. That was the entire semester. And we had to like go to the library and figure all this out. And I still have it to this day. It's really thick. 
And uh, I remember going through it recently and it's things like, you know, how to market like, you know, AOL ads, you know, <laughs> it's just like, this is really old stuff. This is be, by the way, people listening, this is pre Twitter, pre YouTube, pre Google, pre Facebook, <laughs> pre everything that you know. I mean, it's right. Pre webinar jam, That's pre go to meeting, like, None of that existed, you know, so, um, <laughs> only SEO existed really in little, like little like ads that they were trying to, now we call them Google AdWords or something. But back then it was these little random ads of AOL, you know? So anyway, um, things have changed. Cindy thing have all the point is things are going to change again. So we're Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think the online learning environment is going to, you know, continue to exist because it, it's probably the, the, the uh, medium that can be the most responsive to changes in terms of for people to, to time. take yeah, it on no, I completely basis. agree to that. So tell us more, like, where can people yeah. find you? If they're like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to take my knowledge and I want to turn it into something. Where can they find you? Where can they, where can they raise their hand and say, yes, I want to work with you. They can come find me at uh, thecoursewhisperer.co. So that's uh, my website. And I've actually got um, some free resources for your audience, Heather, if they're interested. So if they go to uh, thecoursewhisperer.co slash the win, um, I've got a... uh, uh, a template for how to create your course outline. So if people are trying to figure out how to get started, how to organize all of that stuff, I've got a template for how to do it. And then I've also got a course, a free mini course on how to validate your course. So if you've got a course idea, um, how do you know what's going to sell? I've got a mini course that you can go through to kind of t- walk you through the three steps that I recommend people go to make sure that their course will sell. And, and they can also reach out to me through that link, if they want to chat and see how I can help them, you know, raise the bar, make that course that they want to create. Oh, I love really it. Good. That's great. So the course whisper.co forward slash the win. You got it. Go there now. The course whisper.co forward slash the win. Thank you so much for yeah. being here. Is the, that right? Yeah, it's course oh, oh, whisperer. I apologize. The course whisperer. So, er, well, <laughs> It's like whisperer. Two ers basically, everybody. Y'all can figure that out. The course whisperer, er, 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 dot co forward slash the wind. Look, just go there. I mean, like, here's the thing. You know, we all have to figure out what our knowledge is to be able to then pay, pull that out and sell that and leverage ourselves. And that's what you do. And you're obviously very good at it. And I really acknowledge you and thank you for what you're doing and helping hundreds and thousands of people, you know, Lord, and new skills at every day through your clients. I think it's really awesome. And thank you for the free gifts. Well, I appreciate your time, Heather. It's amazing the work that you do. So awesome. thanks for connecting. Everyone, this is a win with Heather Havenwood. You can check us out at heatherhavenwood.com as well as iHeart, Spotify, and Roku. See you next time. Bye. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. 
Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.